if I can stay in that open, curious place, more, more will surface, but then I get a bigger picture. And then I get to start to understand, well, how can I help this person or this situation move towards resolution? In her book, Conversational Intelligence, Judith Glasser wrote, to get to the next level of greatness depends on the quality of our culture, which depends on the quality of our relationships, which depends on the quality of our conversations. Everything happens through conversations. Welcome to Conversations, powered by Quantivos. I'm Brian Gorman, a Quantivos coach and your host for Conversations. And with me today is Julie Stewart. Before we get into our conversation, how about telling us a little bit about your background and what brought you to coaching into today's conversation? Well, I've been coaching since 2005, actually. And uh, I've followed my interests, I guess you could say, and taking on a lot of different methodologies and learning a lot of different uh, approaches to coaching and always fascinated by learning more. I find, you know, it's interesting when, when you said you were doing this podcast, the topic of feedback, which we're talking about, just as I feel like it's a, such a strong thread in all the years I've been working. And it's so, I think, misunderstood. <laughs> And it's a topic I I really enjoy helping people with because I think when people see that it's all just a conversation, feedback is really just all a conversation. So I think when you, I said, I really want to talk about this because I think it could help some people. (laughs) Julie, why do you say it's a topic that's so often misunderstood? Because I I agree with you and I agree with, also think we think about feedback in much too narrow a way. I think it's misunderstood because one of the, one of the misunderstandings is that I have to give feedback. You know, if I'm in a place of, I have, I need to give feedback to this person to fix a problem. So it's, if, if I give this feedback and tell them what they're doing wrong, you know, my life will get easier. This situation will be resolved. So it's very much of a fixing model. It's a mindset of, it's a very, it's a limited mindset. And I think, you know, to your, your point, we're always giving each other feedback that we don't necessarily have. Yeah, I, I definitely want to come back to that, quote, fix a problem feedback. But um, as we were talking before we started recording, we're giving people feedback all the time. I was just coaching a client the other day who is new to his position. And uh, he's responsible for, I don't know, a thousand or more workers across a, a fairly broad geography. So he's been out in the field a lot. And basically he gets into whatever that workplace is. And he just starts introducing himself by name and talking with people. And in essence, to me, the feedback he's giving them 
is that he wants to relate to them as people, not as roles. And, and I think that's so important. And then he was talking about taking some of the people from uh, other departments that uh, his department is, is dependent on, uh, along with some of his own leaders out to dinner or out to lunch. Um, again, that's a way of giving feedback that, you know, yes, we are a department and you're part of the team that helps us be successful. So I think there are a lot of different ways that we give feedback without really thinking about it. And if we can become more intentional across the board, not just in the positive ways, but, but intentional about when we have to give some form of uh, helpful, corrective feedback as well. Yeah. And what you just said to me is such a great thing to remember that we're relating with people as people, not as roles, not as projects, not as tools. And, and sometimes feedback can go in the opposite way where it's a tool or the person's a tool where if I fix this tool, if I correct them, then it, things will work. But we're people. And so starting there whether it's formal feedback or informal, right? Where it's that's you know, meeting people together for lunch and gathering people together as a community that we are in this together and, and what is our biggest bigger purpose, right? Purpose and mission, keeping that in mind. Yeah, I don't don't want to go too far astray here, but but I do want to pick up on what you were just talking about relating as people versus roles. One of the real factors that, that we see driving the great resignation is I'm not being related to as who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm being related to as a role that I fill. And in the days of, of and I'm paraphrasing Peter Drucker here, but in the days of the uh, industrial age office worker, People were sort of cogs in the machine, and they, they were very replaceable. But um, knowledge workers, yes, they have the skills that they're hired to bring to the role, but they're much more than that. And and they recognize their worth as much more than that. So um, you know, I'm sure you see this with the clients you are working with. I've got clients who shocked me. Um, in recent months because they wanted to prepare to go tell their bosses, I'm not fulfilled in this role anymore. Help me find another role in this organization. I never would have thought of doing that. And that, then isn't that it? I, how do we help people be their best? Because, you know, if we keep it on the top of the feedback, that's really what we're doing. It, it's looking at it in a bigger context, right? Looking at the human person as much as the circumstance or situation needs, might need to come to a resolution, but we're not automats, right? <laughs> we're not computers. <laughs> and so there's a whole dynamic going on, you know, behind the scenes of everybody. But if we get a little bit more of a picture into that, right, staying curious and open about what's going on, that might be getting in the way, which is the feedback that I need to give. I can stay in that open, curious place, more, more will surface, but then I get a bigger picture. And then I get to start to understand, well, how can I help this person or this situation move towards resolution? 
Julie, I love what you're talking about here. That that curiosity as a foundational element of feedback, if you will. Uh, can you talk about that some more? Sure, I could talk about that all day. <laughs> I I think when you know whether it's formal feedback or informal feedback, if we're starting from a place of mindset, and I think of it as mindset. If I'm in a mindset of curiosity and really what's going on, what's going on for the situation. It's a natural, it's, it's a more of an open back and forth conversation. So I might be sharing some specific behavior, pertinent, observable, like this is, this is the situation. This is the behavior that might need to change if it's not working or the outcome that didn't work. Right. But then let's explore that. What, you know, what was your approach? What was going on for you that brought you to that behavior or outcome? What was the impact for both of us, right? And in, in, in how that all played out. So it's curiosity. If I'm not starting from a place of, really, I really wonder what's going on. Then I give no room for growth for the person. All I'm trying to do is autocorrect them and fix them. And sometimes if it's that simple, it can, it can be that simple sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. No, there's usually more underneath happening because most people know what to do and know how to behave and are skilled enough in their roles. So if, if they're not acting in that way or, or, or being their best and using their best skills, then what's going on? In the intro to the podcast, I quote Judith Glasser around um, conversation mm-hmm. and uh out of her work on the neuroscience of conversation. Mm. And very often I will use her model for building trust, uh, which is, again, a neuroscience-based model. And the final T in the model is telling the tough truths. For me, that is such an important piece of feedback. Mm. The, The curiosity that you're talking about is a beautiful reflection of caring. And at the same time, the fact that we're having this difficult conversation about something that I messed up or didn't do, there is um, real tough truth-telling in that as well. You know, one of my teachers used to always say, you can't, it's really hard to cut a tomato with a blunt knife. You need a sharp knife to cut a tomato you know, clean, right? And what that's pointing to is, to your point, we do need to be clean and direct in our feedback as well as, as kind and curious. Several years ago, I was working with a business owner. And I think it was March of, of the year. And um, he said, I need to fire John. I said, Okay, tell me a little bit more about why you need to fire John. So he went into this whole litany about how when, when John um, had hurt himself on the job, he was paid his full salary while he was recuperating at, recuperating at home and how um, different of his coworkers would bring him meals and take care of his pets for him and do all these things. And then when he could come back to work, he wasn't physically able to work yet. So he would come into the office and do some paperwork and so forth. But John just wasn't doing his job anymore the way the the boss expected him to do it. He said, 
And three months ago, I just gave him a Christmas bonus. And I said, well, what are the conversations you've had with John? None. So you have made John's life working for you a life of luxury. And now you're saying you have to fire him because he's not sweating his tail off for you the way you think he should, yet you haven't had a conversation with him. So often, in my experience, business owners, leaders, managers at all levels of the organization really allow their frustration with a person in their organization grow to the point of explosion. Yeah. Because in some way they're showing so much empathy, but and I really do think there's some fear very often that keeps them from having that candor side of the conversation. And the fear I often ask in the way of what are their concerns, right? Because if someone's not having conversations, they've got concerns about that, right? That fear. Person will leave, you know, we'll have conflict. Is it around them leaving? Is it around conflict? Is it around, you know, who knows what it's around? But getting to the heart of that part. Which goes back to what you were saying earlier, the importance of the curiosity. Right. Most of us know what we need to be doing. I honestly believe that. I honestly believe that. So if we're not, what's the underlying challenge or concern? I think it was about six years ago that Gallup issued a report on how millennials want to work and live. And they identified six significant cultural shifts in organizations that they said really changed the dynamic of the millennial in the workplace. One of them is shifting from my annual review to my ongoing conversation. What's been your experience with annual reviews? Yeah, I think it's the mark. A little bit of everything. I, I think if they're used in addition to ongoing conversations, um, they're just kind of like uh, overviewing what we've been talking about already, what we've already, what's already uh, surfaced, what's already happening in this person's development. But when they haven't been used that way, it's like, you know, it's like correcting your five-year-old for something they did the previous week or, or telling your five-year-old <laughs> they did great about something the previous week. It's like, you know, <laughs> it misses the mark. It's not going to, it's not helpful. You know, that's, <laughs> so that's the other part, right? Feedback, the conversation, we could just say, needs to be timely. Right? It needs to be timely. And, and the other part of it that I want to emphasize that is also really missed a lot not just timely, but it needs to be, it can't be an interpretation. It needs to be really an observable fact, something that actually, it, not, it can't be my interpretation of what's going on. And people don't know how to talk about the specific. And I think that's such an important piece of feedback also. Many decades ago, I was a drill sergeant. I was a basic training instructor in the Air Force. And you know, you could come into the dormitory and say, this place looks like a tornado hit. Yeah, that's feedback. It's not positive. It's negative feedback. How helpful it is, is it, in correcting what's wrong? I'm shaking my head. No, people can't see me now. <laughs> because one is, 
we all have different interpretations of what something cleanliness, right, should be. <laughs> but it's it certainly is not in the state of curiosity. It's not actually giving people clarity of direction of what's what's working, what's not working. And we're talking about a we're making a judgment of something. We're making a judgment versus real clear, you know, the shoes are not underneath the beds that I, you know, you would know what <laughs> army barracoon is supposed to look like. I'm sure. I don't know what that is. Uh, you know, can you bounce a quarter off the sheets? Is that one of the old standbys? It was. It was. Yeah. One of the things that, that I really emphasize with, with my clients is the importance about, first of all, your responsibility with anyone who reports to you is to set them up for success. And in order to do that, you need to be explicit about your expectations. It's one of the key pieces of setting people up for success. And yet so often in our relationships, we have implied expectations until they're not met. A hundred percent. So we're talking now the two areas that I feel like I spend most of my time with clients and if something is not working right it's the explicit versus the implicit it is are we not clear around roles and responsibilities are we not clear around procedures are we not clear around goals timelines and we're not we're ambiguous so moving towards clarity one of the uh, hardest questions i think a lot of people have who supervise others is what can I do to help you be successful? And yet to me, that's one of the most important questions. Because if, if we have a, a relationship of trust where you're honest with me about what you need from me, and I'm providing that in turn, now we have a very different situation. Whether things are moving forward positively or whether there are bumps in the road, the road is very clear. The map forward, if you will, is very clear. The tools you need to navigate that path are very clear and, and, and they're available to you. So, you know, to me, really, and I thank you for starting with curiosity, it really comes back to that yet once again. What do you need from me so you can be successful? And um, very much, and this goes into ongoing conversations versus yearly reviews, where a manager, I always suggest or often suggest those kind of check-ins regularly, whether it's in a weekly meeting or just walking by somebody's desk, if they're back in office, that is, <laughs> walking by or checking in or what are you working on today? What kind of support do you need? What might get in the way of, of getting that done to the best of your ability or on time? Is there any, any other guidance or direction you might need? And again, those questions are giving feedback. They're giving feedback about how I see my role as your manager. They're giving feedback about whether or not I care about not just the work that you're doing, but who you are doing that work. Julie, what else is, is important in this conversation? I think people... If people step into it from a place of ongoing curiosity, not waiting for it, and I think that's a big point that we 
you just hit on is if we can stay in an ongoing conversation, then if, if there is tougher feedback, right, that needs to be spoken or addressed, it's often much easier because we're already in the water, so to speak. You know, if I'm staying in, if I keep wading in the water of the ongoing conversation that includes feedback, then if something tougher happens, it's not so hard to go in a little deeper. Julie, thank you so much for this conversation. It's been great, Brian. It's nice to have a conversation with you.